Hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 7th, and today it's MomStrong International uh, Bible Study Day here at the podcast, and we're going to be talking about John chapter 5. This is what we've been going through over at MomStrong International. This is what you're doing along with your scripture writing challenge uh, with me. We're in John chapter 5, verses 16 to 47. We're going to be talking about Jesus being the Son of God and answering the question, why do we struggle with belief? If this has been an issue for you, or if you've wondered how to talk to your teens about this, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I am coming down from a fantastic weekend in Dayton. We are so thrilled to see what God is doing through the MomStrong Conference. And I just wanted to say one of the highlights for me, actually it was, it was fantastic because our entire team got to go this last weekend. Uh, but I think one of the highlights for me, and there were three that popped out to me off the top of my head, but the main one is uh, the chance that I got to watch a young mother meet Jesus for the first time. And there is nothing that compares to watching someone um, have the scales fall off their eyes and and see the Holy Spirit come in and make somebody new. And God is in the business of healing. He's in the business of restoration. And as we look around our culture today, what are we in? Uh, like it's memo madness, right? In, in politics right now, um, who's going to be uh, defeating who in the great uh, memo debacle of 2018? And our politicians are fighting amongst themselves. So I don't know if you guys have been following this in the news, but a stunning announcement was made uh, on the 29th of January when the Episcopalian Church uh, here in the United States has opted essentially for open borders on transgenderism, and they've decided to get rid of all of the gendered pronouns for God. So sort of like a trifecta of resolutions was introduced and passed uh, by the Episcopal Diocese of Washington's annual convention, and they confirm that this, uh, this sect, this uh, denomination of the church, has really been politicized and has taken a progressive direction. So they have embraced progressive themes, and here's what I'm reading in the news. Delegates to the 123rd Diocesan Convention approved legislative proposals, quote, on becoming a sanctuary diocese. I, I don't even... I. I, I I, I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, on inclusion of transgender people and on the gendered language for God. I heard a guy on the news last night, my husband and I were listening, and we heard a gentleman on the news last night saying that they're not sure as a church anymore whether or not Eve was a woman. It, it, it's stunning to me, this stunning turn of events that uh, that we're seeing happening in the church right now. And it's important for you to know, those of you who follow Jesus, who Jesus is and who God is, because as we continue our free fall to the theological left, if we don't consider the Bible on just as a, as as factual as what God has given us, and begin to say no, that's actually not what the Bible teaches. We are going to continue to see the uh, a rapid decline of the church. I was reading on One News Now, uh, and I'll link back to this article today. That uh, And I'm quoting right now. They say, Episcopalian delegates to the diocese, 123rd convention, swiftly passed the resolution in the nation's capital so that gendered language for God will no longer be used. If revision of the Book of Common Prayer is authorized to utilize expansive language for God from the rich resources of feminine 
masculine, and non-binary imagery for God found in scripture and tradition, and when possible, to avoid the use of gendered pronouns for God, end quote. The diocese resolution reads, over the centuries, our language and our understanding of God has continued to change and adapt. Can I just say something though? You know, our understanding of God may continue to change and adapt, but God never changes. And he said, I created them male and female in my image. And it's important because what the Episcopalians are doing is they are embracing another gospel. Episcopalian leadership no longer recognizes the inerrancy of scripture, which indicates that Bible manuscripts preserved for thousands of years are no longer aligned with the social gospel that it preaches to its congregations. Referring to God using masculine pronouns is to limit our understanding of God, the drafters of the revolu- of the resolution argued. By expanding our language for God, we will expand our image of God and the nature of God. Can I just stop for one second and say, this is this was part of my really big struggle with the shack. When you take God and you turn him into uh, a black woman, and we're basically inserting our own definition of God and his definition of himself is no longer enough. When he said, I am is no longer enough. If Episcopalians are going to be true to what El Shaddai means, it means God with breasts, Calkins told delegates. So uh, Calkins, this guy who is a, a clergyman for the Episcopalian church, was urging the delegates to press for more liberal changes. He serves in Laytonsville, Maryland, and he's attempting to emasculate God using Genesis 17, verse 1, where God tells Abraham, I am El Shaddai. Now listen to this, you guys. If Episcopalians are going to be true to what El Shaddai means, it means God with breasts. This is what he told the delegates. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even, you guys. He goes on to say, having studied much feminist theology in my master's uh, degrees, I wrote a thesis on liberation and freedom and non-equality and feminist theology and existential counseling. The liberal Episcopalian appears to use the inclusive Bible as a reference, which is really a loose interpretation of the Bible that many leftists use in order to turn scripture upside down and give it meaning that it was never intended to have by God and the authors he chose to write down his direct revelation. The inclusive Bible was published in 2004 and written by a group of priests, uh, by a group called Priests for Equality. Uh, This is, this is insanity. So I'm going to link back to several, uh, to several, um, articles that I that you can read on this particular thing but this is happening in the church and and men and women if you know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior can I just encourage you to read God's word for yourself because these things leave no room for interpretation it flies in the face of Cocking's uh, teaching seminaries have taught the terms used referring to God the Father and God the Son are indisputably and intentionally masculine Christians following the teachings of Jesus Christ have prayed to God as our father from the very beginning. Theologians explain that the masculine word for father indicates a relationship. Jesus did not call God mother. He always called him Abba, father. And father is the only way Jesus ever referred to God and the only way he taught his followers to do so. And for us to move away from that, is to move away from the truth of the word of God. And it really is truth that's on the chopping block right now. So in addition to the Episcopal Church's lean toward a feminist agenda, which do not even get me started, this feminism today is not feminism. It is a rapid departure into uh, immorality is what it is. It's also embracing uh, the LGBT propaganda 
as outlined in another resolution that was passed without discussion or debate by the delegates to the Episcopalian Convention who declared that, quote, transgender people will be woven into all aspects of congregational life in the church. Now, are we? am I saying that we shouldn't be allowing transgender people to come to church? No. But for us to deny what the Bible says about God making us male and female, to take the term masculine away from God when Jesus called him my father, is to say we are moving so far away from the truth of the word of God that there is no longer any truth in it at all that we can hang on to. So if you're attending an Episcopalian church right now, I would encourage you to say bye-bye, see you later, hasta la vista, find another church. It's so important that we understand what the Bible says. This is another reason why I am so passionate about studying God's word with you over at MomStrong International, which by the way, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, uh, do that. We're coming up on uh, 4,700 people uh, who are interested in learning and studying the word of God for themselves. Last week, we went we went through uh, week five, Jesus is the son of God. And I was teaching out of John chapter five, verses 16 to 47. Here is the key verse in, out of John uh, chapter five, well, at least for this study, for the purposes of this study, we chose uh, verse 24. I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but have already passed from death into life. So in Mom, at MomStrong International last week, we were talking about a couple of really important things. One, what determines a person's identity? As you can see, the Bible teaches us that Jesus shares equality with the Father. That was part of his identity. And I and, and the progressive theologians here are absolutely right. Identity is a big part of who we are. Think for a minute about who you would be if you had different parents. If you were born in a different time or a foreign culture. Well, if you were born in a different time, we would still know that men were men and women were women and Jesus called God the Father because he was actually he is actually uh referred to in the masculine Hello. Imagine how different your life would be if you were raised with different occupations than what you're raised with. What if instead of of being teachers, your parents were bakers or machinists? And what if instead of attorneys, they were carpenters? And what if instead of farmers, they were doctors? And much of who we are is a result of the family that we were born into and the people who raised us. And our heritage has an enormous impact on who we are. And for better or for worse, we tend to find much of our identity in the context of our upbringing, our culture in our heritage. And if the culture shapes who we are, if it shapes us into who we are, then certainly it affected uh, Jesus' heritage, defined him. So how do you shape one who's always been? How do we shape the creation or how does the creation shape the creator? You see, he doesn't need to find identity in his heritage. He is eternally God. Jesus is God. His heritage is rather a profound witness to all humanity of who he is. And the New Testament testifies to Jesus' deity and his supremacy. It's so important for us to remember that we find our answers. We take our answers from the word of God. We go no other place. So why do we struggle with this? Why are we struggling? Well, first of all, uh, we live in a time where Christianity is more maligned than any other belief system in the modern world. And and frankly, it's it's being maligned and it's being watered down and it's being twisted by churches like the Episcopalian Church and frankly, certain sects of the Presbyterian Church as well. I could go on and on. But we have got to begin to know God's word for ourselves. I told the women in Dayton this last weekend that we can't give our children what we don't have. 
And the devil has poised, is poised to do an absolute destructive work in the church right now because of where we are as men and women of faith. As a general rule, Christians today don't know the word of God and they can't defend it. And so we're leaving it up to uh, to people who frankly are doing things that are absolutely in total opposition to what God says is true in the name of Christianity. That's what's so frustrating for me. That's what's so incredibly frustrating uh, for for us to be listening to people who claim to be priests and pastors and teachers move in such a specific way against the word of God and God's people are standing by and going, well, I guess that's okay. Listen, you guys, we need to know who Jesus is. Jesus is the son of God. It's proven throughout scripture. It's been, it's been taught for generations. God does not change and we may change. And the evangelical Lutheran church of Sweden may change. They told clergy that they need to start using gender, gender neutral language uh, way a long time ago. So they're avoiding the masculine terms like he, and they're even uh, they're even avoiding the word Lord. And listen, this is nothing new. In case you guys are wondering, uh, there's an archbishop who heads a former state church in uh, Uppsala, Sweden, explained that there had been an international discussion for clergy to start using more inclusive, by the way, whenever you hear that word, your hackles should go up. You should be like, hmm, something's going on right now. They started talking about this as far back as 1986. Wow. We got a lot going on. We need to know what what the Bible says about who God is. We need to study his word for ourselves. You see, Christians have an opportunity to speak truth in the culture today, starting with our children, starting with our children. And if your children have ever struggled with all the things they see in the culture, now is the time for you to say, you know, we're going to learn what God says about himself. So turn off the noise. Turn off the teachers that are saying, oh, God's God's evolving. He's not evolving. If you've ever shared the gospel with a person who rejected it, you know that we are often asking questions that we're often asking questions that we as Christians are having a difficult time answering and even just the simplest one like what what keeps people from trusting in Jesus why would anybody not want to have their sins forgiven to be washed clean and given the promise of victory over death who would not want Jesus to take their place washed and clean before the father well the answer is simple and this is frankly what we're seeing in the Episcopalian church right now in Jeremiah 17 verse 9 the bible teaches us that the human heart is quote desperately wicked and beyond Cure. Notice how he doesn't mince any words there. It's not popular to confront our own sin, but if we're going to accept God's gift of salvation and move with victory in the world today, we've got to start inwardly looking at our own sin and responding in humble repentance and coming before the Lord and saying, Father, open my eyes. In week five at MomStrong International, as we study the claims of Jesus, I want to encourage you also take a quick look at your heart. Are we harboring pride? Are we picking only the parts of the Bible that we can easily agree with and discarding the rest? That's pride. And frankly, that's what we see in the Episcopalian church right now. But I'm here to tell you guys that through the power of Christ, we can overcome it. So let's keep studying the Bible together in humility and love so that we can rightly divide the word of truth as Paul instructed Timothy to do in 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. We want to pass the truth 
of God's word onto the next generation. And to understand how to do that, we first need to know who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God, part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He refers to himself in the masculine, and we dare not take that away. Go to the Bible. Teach your children where to find truth. Because the Bible contains answers to all of life's toughest questions, starting with who God is and where we come from. And when we learn to see the Bible as an authoritative text on all things related to this life, we will begin to help our children develop a Christ-centered worldview. If you guys haven't found me over at MomStrong International, I want to just encourage you to do that. It is so exciting for us to watch what God is doing as we continue to grow the ministry there. The scripture writing challenge can be found there along with copy work for your children. Listen, you guys, you don't need anything fancy to learn the word of God. That's why I love scripture writing so much. So the scripture writing challenge is there. I love it uh, for children. That's why we take the time every week to make uh, copy work pages for your children. All that stuff is free. If you are uh, wanting to go deeper or if you want to start a small group study, that is the purpose behind and the goal of MomStrong International is to see groups of women coming together to study the word of God and talking about what's happening in the culture as we do it. Each week as we write those Bible studies, we're bringing in elements of what we're going through right now and addressing them because we need to address them. We need to talk openly and honestly about what's going on and we need to always go back to the word of God. The word of God is our plumb line. It's what keeps us straight. It's what keeps our minds from uh, from believing lies in the culture today. And it's what helps us train our children in ways of righteousness. I have been privileged to, uh, well, just a couple days ago, I finished most of the edits for uh, the brand new book that that I've written that's coming out this fall from Tyndale. And you guys, I am so excited because it's an opportunity for you to uh, use what has been written in there and learn to pray the scriptures over your children. Like I've said hundreds of times here on the podcast, there is power, men and women, in prayer. There's power in it. God wants to meet you in prayer. God, nothing is impossible for him, even addressing the issues that we're facing in the culture today. So hop on over, register over at MomStrong International. If you would like to become a leader at MomStrong International and start your own group, we have special materials that have been uh, created just for you to lead a group. It's a great idea to start with the MomStrong Bible study, becoming MomStrong, you know, read the book and do the Bible study together, and then you can hop into MomStrong International at any point along the way. And uh, it's a subscription-based service. Right now, it's really inexpensive as we're continuing to just work bugs through the system. So it's only $6 a month. So less than the price of a cup of drip coffee from Starbucks, you guys, you can be getting a rich study of the Word of God. So join us over there. And uh, we are just excited to partner with you. I'm going to be in Lebanon, Oregon this weekend for a conference, a homeschooling conference there. You can check that out at my speaking schedule, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. And then... Next weekend, the weekend after, the 16th and 17th, I will be in Lakeland, Florida. So listen, it's not too late to buy your tickets there. Um, We have had a phenomenal turnout in Tampa a year ago, and we are looking forward to seeing God do an incredible thing as we return to Lakeland, Florida. So uh, get your tickets, come and see me the 16th and 17th in Lakeland for the MomStrong Convention. And in the meantime, I'm going to be praying for you that you would set time aside every day to be in the Word of God and that you would not just sit on what you learn, but that you would turn around and teach it and speak it with boldness and power and love in the culture today. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. I'll see you back here on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.